Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. All right, everyone. Hey, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm Heather Hartman, your host, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I am here with yet again a special guest. I say it every time. They're always special. They truly, truly are. And I am here with Chris today. Chris, can you go ahead and say hello, introduce yourself, and tell us where you're coming from? Yes. Hello, Box Pro. Um, my name is Chris. I'm coming to you right now from Gainesville, Florida. And uh, I am very excited to be on the show. So thank you, Heather. Yeah, Chris, it's great to have you. So Chris, I think we met, it was, it was a while. It was like three years ago, maybe now, something like that. And I've met you in person. You've become at the Box Pro Summit. I mean, I think I remember being near Gainesville. And you're like, you should come to Gainesville. <laughs> I was like, I can't make it. Um, but yeah, so it's great to have you on the show mm-hmm. and um, talking about what you're doing at B3 Gym and all that, what's going on over there. So I always love to start out the story, the story of a CrossFit affiliate owner, how you came to be where you are today in this industry. So how'd you come into this crazy industry and get to where you are today? Yeah, I think uh, my story um a lot of people that are in the industry can relate to. I actually, um, I started in the fitness industry in college, started training when I was, I don't know, 18, 19 years old and uh, loved it. Was so passionate about helping people get healthy. Um, Post-college, I took the advice that fitness isn't a real career and go get a real job. And, And I did that and I was miserable and I hated it. And so that actually, led me to quit that quote unquote real finance job and um, come back to fitness. Um, It was right around that time I moved back to Gainesville. This was uh, actually exactly 10 years ago. I started what is now B3 Gym. Um, And at the time, I did not see it as a career. I just saw it as escaping the real world, having fun, helping people, and just enjoying my day to day. Um, I started out the most bootstrap way possible. I was running group fitness classes on a field at the University of Florida, um, literally just toting weights out in these little bins like from my from my car. And every day I'd get these tires out of my car. It was, it was hilarious to watch. But I was having fun and I was enjoying uh, helping people. I was learning so much every day, both about training and about the business side about marketing and about selling. And um, yeah, it was exactly 10 years ago I, I got started. Um, I wasn't a CrossFit affiliate at the time. In fact, I hadn't even heard of CrossFit back in 2000. It would have been December 2009. Um, and so I hadn't even heard of it. I was running boot camps. I was doing personal training out of my garage. Uh, and, and that really grew organically. For about a year, I was doing that while working a couple other jobs. And um, right around that year mark, uh, I was approached to, to share a, a facility which had a, a full, beautiful weight room and to run some strength and conditioning programs for a baseball academy. And this was like first major decision point. It's like, okay, I'm really going to go for this. And so I signed the lease and I jumped in there. And um, that's when I started thinking about it as a business. Um, I, I hired my first coach, um, and that's really when things started taking off for me. So, uh, and that was, wow, started 10 years ago. So, 
Wow. That's a and, short, short story. <laughs> yeah, and it's so interesting because I know you're not the only one who probably heard that, you know, fitness is not a career, and yet it, it's been proved very differently the past, you know, five, I, probably especially five years just mm-hmm. in CrossFit, of course, but, I mean, think of all the boutiques that, I mean, I, I, I know various people have opened up boutique cycle bar, Pilates, all that. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. So I guess what, what, you know, you said that you started thinking about a bit as a business, what, what led to that transition? Was it just the success? Was it the people coming? What helps you like shift the mindset of like, Hey, this is fun. It's what I do on the side to I'm doing this full time. Like what was that mindset shift or what maybe data points did you see that you're like, this is a business? Um, well, I think it always starts internally. Like it starts with that decision. It starts with that mindset. And for me, the mindset started shifting when I realized how many people were trusting me. Uh, they were, they were giving me some level of responsibility for their health and their fitness. And they were coming to me on a regular basis. And I, I took that trust as, um, more of a, uh, um, more of a responsibility than like serving them as clients. It was like, Oh wow, I'm now responsible for all these people. And then I started having coaches and I was like, Oh, I'm now responsible for all these people. And, um, with that responsibility, my mindset shifted that it was, this isn't just about myself and having fun anymore. It was like, I now have an opportunity. I know, I now have, um, I've created something that has more potential than I'm giving it credit for. And so that mindset shifted where I have something here, it can be something greater. Uh, now what do I have to do to make that a reality? And that's once that shifted, um, I started putting in place the right, uh, the right tools to make that a reality. And those tools are just like understanding and tracking my numbers, um, being accountable to certain benchmarks, setting goals, having a business plan, having a marketing plan. All those things are things that I started to take on when I shifted the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the, the, the mindset also came from a, a financial standpoint. I was finally starting to make enough money to at least support myself, my very meager lifestyle at that time. And so the decision was, is I can quit these other side jobs that I'm really just doing for income um, and commit more energy to this. Uh, but that will take me, I will have to take it serious. Uh, if I do that, because um, now I'm putting off these other income streams. So I did that. And um, there's always ups and downs. There's periods in the early days where you're not making enough to pay yourself and you just figure it out. And um, that uh, fortunately was a motivator for me instead of a demotivator. I, I took that to as a challenge. And then I, I started thinking more proactively about my business. So I didn't get into those situations again, rather than tracking at the end of the month, started tracking daily. So I knew that if I had a bad day, I was going to go in the next day and I wasn't going to have a second bad day in a row and I was going to make that happen. Um, so. Hmm. Can you maybe speak on a little bit like what you're like, cause I assume you probably are still tracking and doing all the data mm-hmm. stuff because yeah. that's important. That's very important. And you've been around for 10 years. So obviously you're doing something right. Um, can you maybe talk about a little bit more about that daily tracking, that weekly, monthly tracking, kind of what you're looking at, the numbers that you're seeking? I think 
our, our listeners could probably benefit from hearing like, hey, this is what I've kind of found to be very helpful to know. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And and I will be honest, the, the numbers that we track today, 10 years later, are the same ones that we started tracking. Uh, we, we've certainly added some, we've gotten a little bit more complex, but at the end of the day, there's a, a few basic measurements that I think any fitness facility gym owner should be tracking. Um, from the standpoint of, of getting new members, the, the intake process, you have to be tracking how many leads you're getting. So it doesn't matter where your leads are coming from, you can trap the, track them separately if you want, uh, but initially just know how many total leads you're getting on a daily basis, weekly, monthly. Um, how many of those leads are converting to your, uh, for most people it's an intro tour or a free class. How many of them are actually coming in the door and uh, you get the opportunity to sell them. From there, how many actually close to members? So how effective is your intro tour or how effective is your free class program, whatever it is. So um, the conversion from lead to, um, to intro, intro to new member. Um, and those three right there are, should be tracked forever. Like that never changes. Um, the other one we started tracking was simply attendance, and it was an attendance on a per member basis. So if we had, um, yeah, do the math, but um, yeah, so it's just how often is the average member attending? So if I was looking, I was saying, okay, my average member is attending one and a half sessions per week. I didn't see that as good. So what, what was our goal? Four. Great. All right. So once we get to four, we know that people are attending. I knew that my fitness program, my, my, I thought of it as more than that. My, my development program was working for the people that were showing up. So I knew from a longevity standpoint, from a retention standpoint, that if they were in my facility, they were going to stay because they were getting results. They were happy um, and they were growing. And so attendance was my, uh, or attendance per member was my best benchmark always for retention. Um, and that was it. Those are the four numbers that we started tracking. We started getting a little bit more complex, like how many appointments scheduled to actually attended. So that's, that's testing your, your, your confirmation process. You have people no showing you on. So there's a few other numbers, but that was really it. On top of that, um, just basic financial benchmarks, um, knowing, um, knowing your expenses that are going out the door, knowing your income that's coming in. Um, even down to a daily basis. And then we got even more, uh, we got more complex as the time went on. Where does that income come from? Is it from our core product of our membership or is it auxiliary programs? Is it retail? Is it events? Um, and that's just all ways to get fancy. But at the end of the day, you just, you start with your, your basic numbers, what's going in or what's coming in, what's going out. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I encourage for the people that I coach, do it on a daily basis, literally daily. Some of the best companies in the world track this on a uh, moment by moment basis. They track every minute sales coming in. Um, and so at the very least track every day. And that way you, you never get surprised. You don't have bad months when you focus on having good days. <laughs> you don't have bad years. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think you made that point too when you said, 
I, I would have a bad day in the data and I made a point to come in the next day and not having a second bad day. Mm-hmm. So, and if you're, you're being proactive and you're catching up with stuff daily, you're not having a bad month and being like, oh crap, just had a bad month versus just one bad day. One is better than 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And one, one of the things that I've seen um, in the industry really shift in 10 years that I've actually been guilty of is getting much more passive in our business, uh, thinking that things are coming to us rather than taking action. What I mean by that is back in the day, like, yeah, we sent some emails out, but we were on the phone. I was going, I was going to events. I was doing events. I was out in the community. I was doing outbound calling. Um, and today I see more gym owners relying on things like Facebook and Instagram marketing, uh, maybe some Google AdWords and just putting some stuff out there and hoping that people respond to it. Um, and those are all fine and well, and, and they're useful. But at the end of the day, we as owners have a lot more control over how our business is really doing than most people are giving it credit for. And, and the actions that you take, if those actions aren't getting you results, it's maybe time to try some new actions or maybe some old actions that worked a while ago um, and you stopped doing um, because yeah, their, their work and their actions. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's a really good point. So do you all still do outbound calling? Do you still go to events? Do you still market in that way? Absolutely. Um, and we're actually recognizing now because we've tracked a lot of numbers for a long time. We recognize that the conversion that we have when we're face to face is so much better than the conversion we have digitally. And so even, even if we can run an, an ad campaign and get, uh, get 100 leads in a week with some sort of Facebook marketing, um, and we, were go, we would go to an event and maybe we only get 10 leads from a, a simple face-to-face event, 10 qualified leads, what we found is that uh, those 10 leads would often convert better to membership. So maybe we only convert uh, of those 100 digital leads to, to a full-time membership. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like five people. Uh, great, 5%. And I'm just making up numbers. If we go to that event, uh, we may convert five out of those 10. So it only took 10 leads to convert the same five memberships. Um, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm outcome-based. So if it takes less effort to do less, less man hours, less money, um, and we get more face-to-face interaction. I would rather do that, that event every day of the week. And so, um, yeah, we're still doing that now. Um, we're still reaching out to businesses. We're still doing uh, free speaking events. We're doing free seminars all, all the time because those things work. Um, and anything, and this has always worked for us is, and that's our mentality is anything we can do to get in front of people is going to be more successful than, than our digital message. And so anything that we can do to get people in. So even if we're advertising digitally for something, we're trying to get people to us in some way. So we're advertising an event, a community workout, a seminar, free seminar that we're putting on for the public, um, anything like that. So yeah, get face to face. Yeah. yeah, well, and I, I feel like that kind of gives you more quality leads, kind of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Digital is only so specific. 
And mm-hmm. when you're meeting people on an event, I think you can get a real feel for each, you know, each other can really get a feel of, hey, this person, this gym is good for me. And this person, this member would be good for us. So I feel like that's helpful. Um, I'm kind of curious, what what kind of seminars have you guys put on though, those free? I, I like that idea of the free talks, the free seminars. Literally anything in, in health and wellness. Uh, sometimes it's someone on our staff or myself. Uh, sometimes we bring in, uh, we often bring in guests actually, uh, local experts in certain fields. Um, this can be anything from, we've brought in physical therapists to talk about specific pain issues like dealing with back pain. Come see this. We've brought in um, a massage therapist. We, we brought in a, a speaker that climbed Everest just on leadership and grit. Um, we've done breathwork seminars, meditation, yoga, cacao, uh, cacao thing. I, I mean, really just um, anything. We do nutrition ones regularly. Um, uh, any sort of movement or exercise that's new to our community or the community at large, we'll do a free seminar to introduce people to it. Um, anything that brings interest. We do running clinics. We do, um, yeah, what else? Um, yeah, anything that's educational or interesting for someone in the health and wellness field. And oftentimes, it's actually not specific to the work that we do here. It's it's something that's a little bit more fringe, or it's um, it's something that we have no interest in offering, but is interesting to our members. So it's like a collaborative effort. But really, it's it's again, it's to get people in the door, to get people interested about their about taking control of their own health and wellness. Mm-hmm. So. Um, anything anything that you find interesting as a gym owner your clients probably also find interesting because they're drawn to you and your personality in your gym mm-hmm. yeah no that's really awesome that's a that's a great idea um the educational piece kind of also showing value like hey we're valuable we know things come on in um yeah no that's awesome chris that's really cool so yeah marketing is a huge thing it's always been a huge thing i feel like it's one of the most uh, clamored after things for box bro to write about um and it's kind of the same thing like you just gotta do the work <laughs> you have to do the hard work for marketing yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah so so kind of transitioning from that I'm, I'm sure we'll come back to marketing who knows it always comes back to marketing <laughs> but um i am kind of curious chris you know over the years over these 10 years um what has maybe been one of the biggest challenges you know of owning b3 gym you know what has maybe been i'm sure there's been more than one but but could we highlight maybe a big challenge that is like, Hey, this is, this was hard and this we had to overcome. And even I would love, hopefully you've overcome it. Um, but I would love to hear how you've overcome it. Um, (laughs) yeah, I was wondering if you could maybe kind of touch base on that or just a large challenge you've had. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's always a learning process and it's always in development. Um, I, I believe that the largest challenge of our our industry this business model as a whole is all is always going to be people um people culture leadership call it whatever title you want but when you uh create this the truth is is that at a at a very a very um immediate point um you're not going to be able to do everything as the owner. And, and I imagine most people that are listening um, have at least some coaches or maybe some, some front desk staff or, or a manager. Um, 
that is a that is the most important lesson in your growth is is learning how to identify uh, strengths in people, learning how to identify the right fit, um, and then be the leader and create the culture, create the environment where they can thrive. Um, the hardest lesson that you can learn is that when things don't work out with staff, it's probably time to look in the mirror. It's probably something that you're doing as the leader that is projecting out on the people you're finding or the people that you're developing. Um, the desire, I imagine, of most gym owners out there is to grow something that's bigger than themselves, to grow something that can operate without themselves. Um, I've, I've actually been traveling for the last six months. Uh, I bought an RV and I've been traveling the country. And so I haven't physically been here in the gym. And, and a lot of the gym owners I talked to are like, I can't even take a day off, like let alone six months. And, and I, and I tell them that, um, to get to that point isn't an overnight thing. It's a trial and error, but you have to learn from the errors. What I mean by that is I had so many amazing people year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, so many amazing people that I hired and I wasn't there yet as a leader. I had to learn from making mistakes with those people. And I lost some really good employees uh, that could have still been with me if I had been able to develop myself sooner. But what I took from that, that, that gift in losing good people was that I could learn from what was happening there. So the next person that I brought on, I could do it better and I could get them set up for success sooner. I could trust them. I could give them tasks sooner that they could prove themselves, that we could build trust together, give them responsibility, not just tasks. And um, what that does is that, that creates a, a culture of trust, of accountability, and one of ownership. So right now, I mean, when, when I come, <laughs> it's actually funny, I, I, I just came back for the holidays and I'm working out in my gym and people are referring to my GM as, as the owner and she runs the place. And like, I love that. Like I, that for me, um, from the ego standpoint has faded away years ago. And that was really the biggest step in me, uh, creating the business that I desired was eliminating my need to be the man of everything. And once I stepped away from that ego, it allowed really good, strong people to come in, uh, amazing coaches, uh, the amazing GM that I have today, uh, amazing support staff. And when they realized that they could also be leaders here, they could, they could um, receive all the accolades and all the respect and all the admiration that previously, like I was pulling in subconsciously. I was like, oh, it's all about me. And when I started shining that spotlight back on my team, uh, it attracted people, it attracted great people, uh, the right people. Um, and also over 10 years, um, just learning how to develop, manage and lead. Um, and every, every time something goes wrong in my business, whether it's with people or, or clients, whatever, I always say, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to learn from this. I'm incredibly grateful that this terrible thing happened because now I get to learn from it. And now when it happens again, or if it happens in a bigger way, I know what to do.
I have more tools now. So always saying thank you. Saying thank you when your coach leaves and, and opens up a gym down the street. Thank you. What can I learn from this? What What is this showing me that I was being, maybe I was being lazy in the area. Maybe I wasn't appreciating this person for the value they added. Saying thank you when a client leaves. Like, what was I not doing to support this person? Like, what can we do better in our retention program? Uh, when you And when you shift that mindset to this is, this is part of business. Challenges happen. Struggles happen. The differences in the people that are successful 10 years down the road and 50 years down the road and happy about their business is that they're saying thank you and they're learning from those things. Yeah. I mean, that's that's such a good advice. I mean, that's good advice just in your own personal life to say right. thank you yeah. to the crap that comes your way and be like, what mm-hmm. could I learn from this? Yeah. Uh, what a what a positive and, and interesting mental shift that is. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, definitely our audience can learn from that. So if you're listening, say thank you today for all the bad things happening in your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and also search. Search for where's the gift? Where's the gift mm-hmm. in this? If you're if you're always coming from the lens of bad things are happening to me and and nothing's ever going right and these people are always against me, if you're coming from that lens, everything's going to look that way. But if you come from the lens of there's a gift in this, you'll start seeing it and you, your vision will open up to new opportunities, to new people that you didn't see before. And so that broadening your vision is where the the amazing things can actually happen for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing what a positive mindset can do and how powerful that is. So no, and thank you. Thank you, Chris, for sharing that. Even thank you for just kind of being vulnerable and and sharing like, Hey, I've had staff issues and people have left and it's been sad and I've had to learn from it. (laughs) (laughs) So I appreciate that. Yeah. So I am kind of curious Mm -hmm. if you could do one thing over in your business, first off, would you have one that you would do over? And if so, what would it be? And if not, why not? Mm. So uh, I'll preface it by saying I I wouldn't do it over uh, for the reason that it taught me a very powerful lesson. Mm. And I would say that this is a um, more of a mindset shift, similar to what I was just talking about, rather than a one decision. And it was what I'm referring to is for a long time, I made decisions based out of fear and ego. Fear of what would happen if I didn't do this or fear of what other people were doing or thinking. Um, Ego as in this is what I should do or this is what other people are telling me I should do or what I think will look good. Um, These can manifest in things like, um, (laughs) I did this opening up a bigger facility too soon before I was ready because it was big and my ego was big. (laughs) Um, Hiring on more staff than I could afford because I wanted to say that I had 15 employees or whatever it was. Um, So decisions like that, um, anything that comes from a place of wanting to look good. And I I was making a lot of decisions that way. And like I said, I I wouldn't do it over because those making those big decisions oftentimes led to pain, usually financial. um, And also a lot of internal suffering 
because I was doing things for the wrong reason. And when you do things for the wrong reason, even if you get the exact outcome you desired, you're not going to be happy because it's not what you really wanted. And so um, when I learned to start listening to what I actually desired, I, when I started doing vision casting, when I started writing a vision of this is what I actually want to feel when I come into my gym. This is what I want a client to feel when they walk in. This is what I want my staff to feel like. Um, and I started anchoring it more in the experience, more in the emotions that I wanted to feel than in the, the actual outcomes of I want a 10,000 square foot facility with 300 members and this and that. And when I, when I took away the, the ego of what those numbers were is like, what did I really want? I, I personally wanted to grow something. I wanted to grow a community that was bigger than myself that could support careers for our employees and not just jobs. And I wanted it to be a, uh, a community that helped our members grow and develop for a lifetime, um, mentally, physically, emotionally. And I wanted that business to run completely without me. I, I wanted to, to not do anything, not from a lazy standpoint, but I didn't want the business to rely on me for anything. Uh, freedom was important for me. So I started creating that vision of what that would look like. And I started backtracking on some of those ego-based decisions. And I said, hey, maybe a 150-member gym is actually much of, of the right 150 people uh, paying us what we're worth and the value that we're providing people is better for me than in a 10,000-square-foot facility with 300 members. Maybe that's not actually what I want. Um, and so I started backtracking on a, a lot of these goals that I, I set out of the wrong reasons. Um, that is by far the biggest lesson that I've learned in business. Uh, and I've stopped paying attention to what competitors are doing. I've stopped paying attention really at the industry at large at what they're doing. Um, I actually have a mindset of when a lot of people are doing something this way, yeah, maybe learn from it and look at it, but maybe I want to start moving the other way. Maybe I want to start doing something actually completely different than that 180 than what everyone is doing. Um, this is just like good advice for life, good advice for investing. I mean, generally when a lot of people are jumping on a bandwagon, it's time to find another bandwagon. They're trying to find another wave to ride because, um, yeah, that and also what my intentions are, what my desires are as an individual and as a business owner are very different than every other person in the business. So why am I following what they're trying to do? Um, we have, I don't know, I, I even stopped counting, but somewhere in the ballpark of, of like 13, 14, 15 affiliates in our town, uh, uh, not, a, not a large city. Um, and so... I, for a long time, I was paying attention to every detail and following them social, analyzing every post. And like, and I was realizing, I was like, I just pictured you in a dark room, just like, that's exactly what it was. Social media accounts. Look at what's, look at what so-and-so is doing. Oh, look at what they're doing. Oh, are they running this marketing account? Are they doing this thing? Are they working with this person? Like, and it was driving me insane. And at the end of the day, it was leading to decisions that I didn't even want. I was like, I don't want to come off as that. I was like, 
I started running these campaigns that looked like what they were doing. And I was like, this is so far from who I am. So mm. I just stopped. I just stopped all that. And what happened when I stopped all that is I started attracting the right people. What was happening is when I was running their campaigns like they were doing, I was attracting those people. They were coming here and they were seeing like, like our shit was not that. It was deeper. It was different. And so those people that wanted like that thing that was like not us, they ended up leaving and going to the place that they should have been in the first place. Yeah, because it was false advertising. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, that was the lesson. I was like, oh my God, I spent all this time and energy to try to recruit this person so that they didn't go to this other place. And they should have been at that other place the whole time. I was like, that's not our people. I was like, let's focus on our people. And when I realized that and realized how different we are and, and how beautiful the message that we send is and, and how amazing our place is, and I started focusing on that, I just started unfollowing all these people. I started paying, mm -hmm. I stopped paying attention. Um, and our community grew stronger and we became a magnet for the right people. Um, yeah, so that's the message. Make decisions from the right place of what you actually want. Create the culture that you want, not the culture that you think you need to have because your competitor has it. Um, yeah, that's mm. it. I mean, that's good. That was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's good. I mean, you can even see that. I know that's I know that's something that's trending, especially with the youth of today, the, the comparison models and, and social media and the negative impact it's having. I think that's even applicable to business to affiliate owners that it is easy to fall into the game of comparison and then to play that game and as you just said it brings in the wrong people and you can't do that if only for, for so you can bring in the right people <laughs> so i think to those who are listening you need to pay attention yes of course like you said maybe see what they're doing maybe look at the trends you know take note but at the same time don't fall into that trap of doing what everyone else is doing. So um, yeah, I think that's really yeah. good, Chris. Thank you. And, and I think a, a better action, because it's not just not paying attention to anyone. I think a, um, a more accurate action would be is find models that you really look up to. Models mm -hmm. of leadership, models of how their gym is running, people you really respect. And they, they could be locally maybe nationally, worldwide, whatever it is, but look to people that you really resonate with, that you want to aspire to be to, and then only pay attention to what they're doing. Use them as a model, not everyone. Um, and so it's not that we don't pay attention, it's we just pay attention to the right things and the right people. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good, uh, maybe like a little, a little more, focus in i don't know uh that's good so as chris said y'all go find uh someone that you really look up to i don't know like a little like a, a literally a role model <laughs> so that a little gym role model or something that'd be awesome so um kind of wrap starting to wrap up chris mm -hmm. and we've talked about some we've talked about so many good things marketing being yourself i feel mm -hmm. very empowered mm -hmm. um but so if you if you had to give affiliate owners who are listening one piece of advice today, 
Um, and I know we've talked a lot about a lot of advice, but I just mm. want one. It could be the same as one we talked about. It could be something different. Mm. Um, but if you had to give them one piece of, of, of advice, what would it be? Oh, that's such a great question. That's why I ask it. Everyone says I that know. and I'm like, I know. <laughs> great question. One piece of advice. So I'll give the one piece of advice and then I'll give the one action I think every gym owner should take to help uh, get to that piece of advice. Um, and it's the piece of advice that I give is to learn to lead with your heart. And the actionable step to do that is to start journaling every day. Um, the reason I go there is because at the end of the day, you are what matters. If you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you're running a gym and it's causing suffering, maybe you shouldn't be running it or maybe you should be finding ways to run it in a way that brings you joy and happiness and abundance and not pain and suffering. And so you only find out those things when you start looking at yourself in the mirror, when you start writing down, like, how am I actually feeling about this, uh, this problem that I'm having, this challenge? How am I feeling about um, the, where my business is? How am I feeling about where I want it to go? Um, most of us, in this position uh, of, of leadership are looking at ourselves as, as the rock and the strength and, and we're not allowed to show that vulnerability. But the truth is, if you show it to no one else, show it to yourself, allow yourself to truly see and express what you want, um, what you desire. And, and, and I do that in my journal every single day. Um, and, and what it does is it allows me to make those decisions with my heart, uh, and not always with this inner critic in my head or this ego that's telling me to do certain things. It allows me to get out of that. Um, and what I find is that some of the stuff that I come up with, I never would have expected it to come out of my mouth or to be a decision that I would make. But the truth is, it's so much more aligned with who I am. Um, and what I find is that I'm happier and happier every single day. I'm more fulfilled with what I'm doing day in and day out. I'm living more perfect days. I journal what my perfect day looks like and I'm living more and more of these perfect days. It's almost getting to where it's every day feels perfect. Mm -hmm. And that is a gift that I think every human should have for themselves. And it, it and you as a gym owner have more control over that than you think, especially because you're creating your own reality. That's a, that's a, a huge power and a huge responsibility you have. And you get to wield that in whatever way you want. Why not wield it to the thing that benefits you? And so the only way you uh, can do that is to, to start diving into what you really want, what you, what do you don't want uh, and start asking, asking for those things of yourself. Uh, and, and I do that by journaling every single day with great power comes great responsibility that's what i heard and basically we were from spider-man so that's fun um <laughs> but yeah so so for those of you who are listening uh definitely a lot of takeaways a lot of actionable advice i mean chris thank you for those but mm -hmm. gosh i mean get onto your social media and unfollow everyone except for your role models and right. go out and buy a journal 
because journaling is good for the soul and your business. Um, Chris, that's awesome advice. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. And seriously, thank you for just sitting here today, chatting with us. Um, let me ask you all these questions and for just being real and honest and giving a lot of great advice. Um, I personally think it's great advice. Hopefully our listeners do too, but I'm gonna speak for them and say they do. Uh, But yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on the show today and having you just share what you've learned over the 10 years of owning B3 Gym. And um, yeah, it's been cool. It's been cool to hear just the progress and the evolution and even what you've learned about yourself. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. You're so welcome. And thank you for giving me a forum to be honest and vulnerable. Uh, I imagine that so many of your guests talk about uh, really practical tactics and tips and strategies and all of that is very useful and and we could sit here for another hour and talk about those things and I find that um, what's really missing is is a lot about what we talked about today and so thank you for allowing me to share that uh, my advice would have been different if we had this conversation even just a year ago or five years ago very different but um, what I'm learning 10 years into doing this is there, there's a lot more there. And, and I hope that um, all the people that are listening right now uh, go a little deeper, go a little deeper than just these surface tools and tactics. And, and I think you'll be really happy with what comes out on the other side. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled. Thanks for dropping in.